So if you guys want to turn to Joshua 6 and 7. So who all in here is familiar with the fall of Jericho? Who's familiar with the fall of Jericho? Okay. Anybody know, anybody know the story of Achan? Yeah, the story of Achan. So, so as we go into the text here, like I said, we're not going to read all of we're not going to read all of six. But imagine being imagine being in the Lord's army and going to Jericho, and you guys got this big wall that you're facing, and it's like, how are we going to get in there? Right? They could probably shoot arrows, pour hot lava, drop rocks on you, whatever kind of weapons of warfare that they used back then. You know, so like they had a big wall. Okay. But I just, when you read the story about the fall of Jericho, how they marched around it, they did what God told them to do, the wall crumbled. And those people that were there, as they, as they walked over that rubble, they were part of one of the most miraculous miracles in the Bible, that they were able to just, boom, they did what God told them to do, it was weird, it was unconventional, they did it, the walls came down, and there they went in to go take care of business. Okay. Now, some of you, you might even be in a season right now where everything is great. You might think it's great, but you might be on top of the mountain, right? You might be experiencing the highs of Jesus. You might be way up here. Everything's falling into place. You got that car. You got, that, you got your relationship. You got the job. Everything's right where you want to be, and that's okay. Just know there's great responsibility. There's great responsibility when you're on the mountain, so several of the men go in there, and Achan, we're going to talk about Achan a little bit. So we're just going to read, we're going to just jump in on Achan's sin. We're going to start at 7. If you guys are ready, Joshua chapter 7. But the Israelites were unfaithful in regard to the devoted things. Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of them, so the Lord's anger burned against Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho, Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon to the east of Bethel, and told them, go up and spy out the region. So the men went up and spied out Ai. When they returned to Joshua, they said, not all the army will have to go up against Ai. Send two or three thousand men to take it, and do not, do not weary the whole armor, for only a few people live there. So about three thousand went up, went up, but they were rooted by the men of Ai, who killed about 36 of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slopes. At this, the hearts of the people melted in fear and became like water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till evening. The elders of Israel did the same and sprinkled dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, sovereign God, why did you ever bring this people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. Pardon your servant, Lord. What can I say now that Israel has been rooted by its enemies? The Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this, and they will surround us and wipe out our name from the earth. What then will you do for your own great name? The Lord said to Joshua, stand up. What are you doing down on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things they have stolen. They have lied. They have put them with their own possessions. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They turn their backs 
and run because they have been made liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. Go consecrate the people. Tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There are devoted things among you, Israel. You cannot stand against your enemies until you remove them. In the morning, present yourselves tribe by tribe. The tribe the Lord chooses shall come forward clan by clan. The clan the Lord chooses shall come forward family by family, and the family the Lord chooses shall come forward man by man. Whoever is caught with the devoted things shall be destroyed by fire along with all that belongs to him. He has violated the covenant of the Lord and has done an outrageous thing in Israel. Early the next morning, Joshua had Israel come forward by tribes, and Judah was chosen. The clans of Judah came forward, and the Zerarites were chosen. He had the clan of the Zerarites come forward by families, and Zimri was chosen. Joshua and his family came forward man by man, and Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, the tribe of Judah, was chosen. Then Joshua said to Achan, my son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and honor him. Tell me what you have done. Do not hide it from me. Achan replied, it is true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what I have done. When I saw in the plunder a beautiful robe from Babylonia, 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them, and they are hidden. They are hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. So Joshua sent messengers. And they ran to the tent, and there it was, hidden in his tent with the silver underneath. They took the things from the tent, brought them to Joshua and all the Israelites, and spread them out before the Lord. Then Joshua, together with all of Israel, took Achan, son of Zerah, the silver, the robe, the gold bar, his sons and daughters, his cattle, donkeys, and sheep, his tent, and all that he had to the valley of Akar. And Joshua said, Why have you brought this trouble on us? The Lord will bring trouble on you today. Then all Israel stoned him, and after they had stoned the rest, they burned them. Over Achan they heaped a large pile of rocks, which remains to this day. Then the Lord, Lord turned from his fierce anger. Therefore, that place has been called the Valley of Acre ever since. So here's the thing. The church, the church has lost its power because the church has hidden sin. People have hidden sin, and they don't want to talk about it, and they're too comfortable with it, and we compromise. So I'm going to preach hard. This is just what the Lord wants to do today, and this is how we grow, and this is how we get set free. So Achan took some stuff he wanted. He saw it, and he wanted it, so he took it, and he buried it. Why did he bury it? Because he knew it was wrong. He knew he wasn't supposed to take it. So he's coveting, he's burying it, right? He put the silver the farthest down because he really wanted that silver, right? So listen, you cannot get free if you have hidden sin. You will not see victory. You are going to stay in depression and oppression, and you will not have the power of God flowing through you for you to be effective to have victory, okay? And so as you start to dig the things out in your life and you face that with prayer and you face it by coming to somebody you trust to repent your sin out loud to that person, then you will have victory. And then guess what? The Lord will reveal the next thing that he wants you to work on because it's called progressive sanctification as we grow in Jesus. The, the world, listen, the world is, it's just so easy to have access to things that make it so easy for us to sin. You've heard me talk about it. Our phones are bad. I'm sorry to keep saying it, but they're bad, bad, bad. So much access from the phone. 
we were listening to a lady at Ministers Renewal who is the head. She's the, as far as people are concerned, she is the, the most knowledge on the LGBT and transitioning and all that stuff that's going on. And she shared that when they trace back the facts of when everything started to happen, 2007 is the timeline. That's when all this really started to pop up. And in 2007 is when smartphones rolled out and they were accessible to everybody. Children do not need to have smartphones. I don't care if you don't like me. If you're giving your kid a smartphone, they don't need to have access to a smartphone. They don't need it. You can call the school, and they can come get your kid. It rots their brains, and, it, and you're exposing them to pornography, child trafficking, drugs, all the bad stuff that they don't need to see. So quit being lazy parents. Parent your children. Don't put them in front of a TV. I mean, a little TV is okay, but it's, you know, it's... It's, I know the struggle's real. Chris does a real good job of not letting them watch too much. It's like, but then they gang up on you, and then, then they work you over, and they're like, you know. But you better, be, you better be controlling it. I'm tired of people justifying their sin. You like it, and that's why you're not getting set free from it. And some of you have buried it so deep. I'm going to give you another analogy. You guys know what a pilot light is? Okay, so a pilot light is on a furnace or a water heater, right? It's always burning. Okay, so then when you turn it, when you turn the switch, it gives the fuel to it, right? So a lot of you have a pilot light that represents sin, undefiance, disobedience. Spiritually, you have a pilot light that burns. And what happens is some of you have spent most of your life building a wall of protection around your pilot light so that the influences of the demonic, the influences of flesh, the influences of culture, the circumstances around you, you've built a fence, a big old stone wall around your pilot light so that no one will know that you're not really okay. And that way those, those things that are wanting to influence it can't bring gasoline and add fuel to your pilot light to cause it a big fire. Instead of seeking God to help heal you and deliver you of your sin, that's what you've done. Does that make sense? You've built a wall around it, or you've buried it so deep in your, in your tent that you might even forgot about it, that you probably forgot about it. And the world and the culture, Jesus has not changed. The culture's changed. I can promise you that 30 years ago, you would not see the stuff popping up in, in this town. You would not see these gambling places. You would not see the vape and weed stores popping up. And I'll just go ahead and I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to educate you, okay? So here's what's going on. The reason that these places are popping up, it's this simple. The Arkansas, the governor of Arkansas, she just, this week, she made legislation there was a big Chinese-owned uh, pharmaceutical factory, and she made legislation that they are not going to own property in her state. So they said, you can either sell it or we're going to seize it. Okay? Well, here's the deal. This is fact. So a lot, of your, a lot of your dispensaries and your pot farms are actually owned by the Chinese. They're just paying people to put their names on it. Okay? So they're owned by the Chinese. These gambling establishments are probably owned by the Chinese, but they're owned by foreign, they're owned by foreign 
yeah, uh, yeah, in the in Middle Eastern of some sort. But here's the reason they're there. Back in, back in the day, the Chinese got defeated because guess what? Their enemies fed them a bunch of opium. And everybody got high. And the Chinese got weak. And that is what the enemy is trying to do to America. They're trying to morally, it's not even about the money. The, the, the people who are going and gambling are already broke. It's not even their money that they're spending. They either get it on the, they either steal to get it, they get it on the corner, or the government sends the check to them at the beginning of the month. And I'm not knocking you if you get that. That's great. I'm glad you get it. But don't be, don't be taking taxpayers' money and going and gambling. That's irresponsible. It's selfish, and it doesn't produce good fruit. It stinks. So the point is, is they're trying to rot our community and our moral values just one little thing in a day, and they're just continually turning up the volume. So here's the thing. You already know in your life, if you, if you are walking towards Jesus and you are seeking relationship with him, then he is already exposing and telling you the sin that you have in your life. Now, I mean, I can, I could, we could point on a lot of different things. There's a lot of controversial subjects. But if the Lord told you to quit smoking cigarettes, then you need to quit smoking cigarettes. If he told you to quit drinking, quit drinking. If he told you to quit watching TV, quit watching TV. Each of you are on your own journey. If he told you to quit gossiping, you need to quit gossiping. It's when you don't do it that he's telling you that's when it becomes a sin. Once he tells you about it, you got to stop. Now, the Ten Commandments are obvious. Those, those you, sh you know you shouldn't be doing. It makes, makes you live a, a lot better life. I mean, Achan, you just, you can't, he, he was there in the midst of great triumph and like such a glorious battle. And then because, he's, because he did that, because he lined his pockets with things that belonged to the Lord, Right? He stole, and then he lied about it, and he disobeyed God because they were clearly told not to do it. And then he does it, goes and buries it. They go into the next battle, and they get defeated because God was not happy. And I'm telling you, God is not happy. He's not happy with hidden sin. It doesn't matter what it is. He will forgive you. If you are, you just, you just know what you're not supposed to do. If you're watching things on your phone and your computer, that you shouldn't be watching, it's not good. Here's why. I'll just go deep on it. If, you, if you're in a sexual relationship outside of marriage or you're watching things you're not supposed to be watching and you pleasure yourself, I'll say it in a nice way. There wasn't any kids in here. The reason that it's wrong is because if you pleasure yourself, you're in isolation and then it's not covenant. Okay, the reason that a man and a man don't work and a woman and a woman don't work and the reason that transgender doesn't work is because there is, it's, it doesn't belong to the covenant that God gave us. God gave covenant for a man and a woman to procreate, have babies, rule over the earth, plain, simple, end of story, amen. So when you do those things, you're doing it out of covenant and it does not glorify God. Period. So you need to not do it. It's really that simple. I promise you, if you just... If you get anything out of today is, and, and I already know how we're going to pray at the end, is just let your heart be open that the Lord would just expose to you what you need. Sister Sheila came down and she said, on that last one, she said, I just want to know if there's anything that I'm doing that's keeping me from getting closer to the things of God and wanting more of God. And that's where our hearts need to be at. Lord, expose our pilot light and help us focus on you and not building a wall around it. 
Because some of you don't, ha- some of you don't even have oil. Some of us don't even care. Some of us, you wear it with honor. Okay? I, used to, I would say that I wore the thing of like justification and wanting to be right. Want to be right. I want to be right. And I'm going to argue about it till I get my way. That's not God's way. Go low. Let the Holy Spirit work it out. Don't make, I don't need to be right. Even if I am right, even if I got the moral ground, it doesn't necessarily mean it's right. So some of us wear that sin, that issue. We wear it. Some of us wear it on our chest, and we're just proud of it. Well, that's not good. But at least we don't have to break down that wall. You're closer to probably pressing into God and getting um, healing from it. So just start to think about quit hiding it. And if we see fuel get dumped on it, we're going to come in like the fire department, man. Who wants, to, who wants to be on Northside's spiritual emergency response team, right? To where if we see your fire, if we see your fire flare up, man, we're coming in hot, man. Whitney and Danielle are going to come get some oil on you. And Sean will come around back in case you go down. And then we'll just, if, it, if we need a trash can, we'll get a trash can. Whatever, we gotta, whatever has to happen, we'll make it happen. If, you're getting, if it's anger, we'll have Chuck and Dean come on side of you and lock you by the arms while you have to work out your anger. When we went to the men's, when we went to the men's conference that last night, they had, a, they, had a, a van, they had a van that you could hit with a sledgehammer. And so I wasn't going to do it, but then Sean brought up a good point. He's like, you should just go smack that, knock that tire right off the bead. And I was like, I've always wanted to do that. I was like, this sounds like a great idea. So I, I get ready. I picked the sledgehammer up, and it was a 10-pounder. And I'm, I'm more used to like a 5-pound. I'm a 5-pound. I'm more a 5-pound sledge kind of guy. I don't like the 10-pounder. It's too heavy. And so I started to put gloves on, and the guy said, no, don't put gloves. He's like, I'm going to video you doing this. And so I go to hit the tire. He goes, no, don't hit the tire. I got I to gotta tow it up on the, the trailer when I get out of here. So I, I just, I don't really know what came over me. I was battling some, some stuff that I was frustrated with. And so I started hitting the van on the, on the support, the support, like here's the windshield, so like that main support that holds it. And I, I think I hit it a good 50 times nonstop, and I got it about to go like that. And um, a, couple of the, a couple of older guys were standing behind me, and they kind of got me, they, they worked into my ego a little bit. You know, they're like, man, he's got some endurance. He just keeps on, he just keeps on going. And I was, it was, and I just I kept hitting it, and it felt pretty good. Um, that's right. That's right. But my point is you all know, you all know what you struggle with and what you own. Like, hey, I struggle with anger, struggle with lust, I struggle with doubt, I struggle with anxiety. Because when we agree with any of those things, like the things of like doubt and fear and anxiety and worry, when we agree with that, and it's easier said than done to not do it, but you're going to get there as you mature. But when you agree with it, you're sinning. When you agree with it, you're coming in agreement with it. And so I just encourage the church this morning to just really begin to pray about what you have hidden in your tent or what your pilot light is. And if you've built walls around your pilot light, just take the walls down and begin to press into Jesus. Chris, if you can come play something real quick. So as he comes to play, we've got a few minutes. We're right on time. Um, I just encourage you, if you've got some hidden sin and you want to come get rid of that this morning, this would be a great time for that. Because here's the, here's, the, here's the thing, folks. 
All the signs point to the times Jesus is coming back, and I'm telling you, it is, it is so urgent that we quit playing church, that we quit playing this soft, just gummy bear Christianity. It's time to get serious. It's time to get equipped with the gifts. It's time for us to repent and get our hearts right so that the gifts can flow through us and that we can go affect our, our, our lost world. Listen, I'm tired of going to funerals. I'm tired of going to funerals of people who have OD'd and died early. Enough is enough, and there's no reason that we need to do that. This church, God has brought us all together as a time for this. He has given, he's given us as a church. We are literally like strategically located in the heart of, the, of this town with an opportunity to reach so many lost people. So as he's playing this, if you've got some sin you want to come repent of, we're going to give you time to do that. If you don't even know what it is and you say, just, I would encourage you to come down and just really press in and ask the Lord to speak to you, to show you what, you, what he wants you to repent of, what he wants you to give to him so that you can begin to have healing and so that you can begin to set free. So Lord, I just pray that you begin to work right now, Holy Spirit, that you begin to work in the hearts of the men and women of this place, Lord God, Lord, and I just pray that we all can live in victory and that we will be set free, Lord God, Lord, and I just pray that you just begin to speak to every single one of us, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name, and just meet us in this time at the altar as we press in towards you, in Jesus' name.